In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fifth Sunday of the month of Tut, and whenever there is a fifth Sunday, um, we read typically the passage from Scripture about the feeding of the multitude. And so it's a passage that we read often. And every time we try to see what is it that we can learn from this passage, and um, there really is many, many things that we can learn from it. Um, in this passage, of course, we know that the Lord asks um, the disciples to give the people something to eat. These many, many people who were there, um, the disciples initially recommended to, to Jesus that they would that he would send them home because there is not enough, they don't have enough money to pay to buy enough food for all of these people. Um, and then the Lord told them something very interesting. Um, he said, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And of course, the disciples didn't have enough resources to give them to eat. There wasn't enough food. They didn't have enough money. And of course, the Lord knew this very well. And it tells us in verse 6, in John 6, verse 6, it says, But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So the disciples who were coming to ask the Lord to send them away, uh, the people away, and then the Lord says, you give them something to eat. And then the, the disciples responded saying, we don't, we don't have the resources to give them anything to eat. The Lord said, or the, the, then the scripture says, this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So it was a test of their faith. And the Lord already knew what he was going to do, but he still gave an opportunity for the disciples to exercise some free will, to exercise some kind of decision making, to see whether the, the, the disciples were going to respond in faith or not respond in faith. And sometimes the Lord does this with us as well. Maybe if we are in the midst of some kind of a trial uh, and we ask the Lord to take action, and maybe the action we ask of the Lord is different than what the Lord himself intends to do, and he leaves us in this state for some time to see how is it we are going to respond. Are we going to respond in faith? Are we going to respond in trust? Are we going to maintain our peace? Are we going to be prayerful in our, in our answer? Are we going to be patiently waiting for the Lord to answer our prayer? Or are we going to do something different? This was a test that the Lord allowed to happen to the disciples, and certainly the Lord also tests us the same way. So what are some things that we should keep in mind regarding the test that the Lord gives us? The first is the test is for our benefit. You know, when, when, we are, when we are considering these tests that God gives us, oftentimes we jump to a human reasoning, human calculations, um, and here, of course, the disciples looked at the number of people and said, we do not have enough food or money to feed these people to solve the problem. And so in their mind, it was an impossibility. There was no way. The only solution was to send the people away because there was no way that they could feed them. But we read in Isaiah 55, this famous verse, it says, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So if the Lord himself knows what it is that he plans to do, and of course his resources are, are, are unlimited, and the way that he acts, the way that he decides, the way that he responds is different than us and higher and better than us, if we are to um, keep him always before our eyes and know always that he is in control of the situations in our life, then we will turn to him before we turn to our own reasoning and understanding. And this can be very difficult and challenging for us the first thing that we want to do is jump to our own reason. Our own reason is, is, is oftentimes what guides us in our life. And indeed, it is a God-given reason. And it is good that this, this, is, this is the reason that we have and logic, the way we think, the wisdom that God has given us. But there are some situations, just like this one, where we have no resources, where we have no ability, 
where no amount of reason is going to get us there or solve the problem or, or help us to overcome some challenge that we are in. And the only solution is to completely put it in the hands of God and trust that God has some solution that we do not have. So this was a small scale test that the Lord was giving here to the disciples. But actually, this was a test for what? This is a test because these disciples, later on, God is going to ask them to go and preach to the entire world and to tell them the message of Christianity and to convert the entire world to faith. And certainly if they did not have the faith that the Lord was able to feed these 5,000 people, there is no way that they could have believed or, or, or made any effort toward trying to evangelize to the whole world because they would have just said this is impossible. But having seen that the Lord is able and capable and willing to do even the things that are beyond their understanding, now when the Lord tells them go and preach to the world, now they are able to receive this mission seriously and to go into the world believing that the Lord is able to provide. So the test is for our benefit. We see ourselves, we know ourselves, we see whether we are strong in faith or whether we are weak in faith, and it helps us to remember always God before us who is the one who is able to solve all of our problems and, and, pro uh, and, and the challenges that we face. The second thing we should keep in mind regarding tests of God is that the test is, could be a test of sacrifice. We look in the example of Abraham, for instance, when God um, allowed uh, Abraham to go up to the mountain and told him, go and sacrifice your son. This was a test, of course. We know in the end the Lord did not want him to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and that his son, Isaac, had been given actually as a son of promise who was going to continue his lineage and, and through whom the covenant of God would be fulfilled. So we know for sure that God did not want Isaac to die. But he wanted to test the obedience of Abraham. Will you sacrifice the thing that is the most precious to you? Will you sacrifice that which is the most valuable? And in Genesis 22, we read, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, which is um, to offer Isaac, and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. Here the Lord was wanting to bless Abraham, and he wanted to give him this blessing, and he did it through this test. When he saw that Abraham loved God more than anything, even the son that, that he was waiting for in his old age to receive, God was blessing him. So we see also that the, the, the test that God gives us could be a test of sacrifice. What is it that God is asking us to give up? Is there something in our lives that God is telling us to leave behind? Is there something that is not fitting that, sh that is in our lives that God wants us to cut out? And then if we do so, this test and we pass this test that God is, is, is going to bless us. Another test is a test of faith. Uh, a perfect example of this is Job, who was very faithful. But God gave him a test, um, the test of suffering, to see what is it that he would endure and whether he would maintain his faith throughout this test. And another conclusion, also famous verse that Job says at the end of all of his suffering, and he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. At the end of all of the ordeal and suffering that Job endured, in the end, he saw God more clearly, and so he passed the test. He, he benefited from the test, and this test was, was to see the faith of Job. Again, when we are tested, we find out in ourselves, how much faith do I really have? Is it that I have strong faith, or is it that maybe for 
my entire life, everything has been going according to how I wanted it to go for the most part. And so since everything is going well in my life, then I am obedient and I'm faithful. But what if things are not? What if we endure something like Job, where everything around us begins to crumble? How easy is it for us to lose our faith in God when we are faced with such situation? Another test is a test of self-examination. And King David in the Psalms, he says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. Again, the Lord already knows us. And so the test is not just so that he would know. He already knows without the test who we are. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. He knows how we're going to respond. But the test is for, our, for we to know ourselves. St. Peter, when he was speaking with Christ before the crucifixion, he thought himself to be a very strong person. And he said, even if all abandon you, I will not abandon you. And even if they take you to, uh, to, 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 to be killed, I will never leave you. And St. Peter was very, very convinced um, of his own faith and his own loyalty to the Lord. But of course, we know that when the time came and they, they took the Lord, that St. Peter fled and he even denied him. So even though the Lord knew, of course, St. Peter from the beginning of who he was, and yet St. Peter did not know himself. He thought himself to be stronger than he was. He thought himself to be more faithful than he was. And so sometimes the Lord tests us as a way of, of, of pushing us to examine ourselves. Am I really who I think I am? Am I really as strong as I think I am? Or maybe I have weaknesses that I need to examine in myself, that I need to confess, that I need to confront, that are actually hindering me. The reason God does this is not to point in our face our weaknesses or to make us feel bad about ourselves. Oftentimes, our weaknesses are obstacles that keep us from growing, that keep us from, 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 from enjoying our life, that keep us from fulfilling the purpose that God has created us for. And so when God puts us through these situations that are painful in the moment, then make us look at ourselves soberly and realize that we are not as good or as strong as we thought we were, this is not for God to mock us. No, actually, this is for God to heal us. That when we would see our sickness, then we would be healed and that God would be able to work in us um, in order to help us to grow. Another test is the test for reverence and purity. This is um, a perfect example of this is the Israelites whom God tested so that they would be filled with the fear of God and depart from sin. When, when, they were on, when Moses was on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Do we really revere the Lord? Here God was appearing to them in a kind of frightful way. In a, in a scary way, to the point where the people told Moses, we don't want God to talk to us directly. You, you talk with God and then you tell us what God says. Because when God speaks to us, we're afraid of him. Because he is frightful in the way that he appears with thunder and fire and smoke and, and lightning. And all these things that they see um, on this mountain um, as God is appearing there. But what was this for? Moses said, this was not to frighten them. He says, do not fear. Right, But it was a test that the fear of God may be before, before them. The fear of God is not to be terrified of God. <clears throat> the fear of God is to revere God, is to see God for who he is, is to submit ourselves to God, is to surrender our will to God. This is the fear of God, the reverence of God, the seriousness before God, the desire to obey God, to follow him. This is the fear of God. So here, sometimes God gives us a test to remind us of who he is and who we are, to make us realize our smallness and to realize his bigness. 
that he is the Pantokrator, that he is the one who created us, who formed us, and who are we to stand before him and to complain against him or to grumble against him. And this, of course, was a problem that the Israelites had all throughout their life, all throughout their history, that they continually grumbled against God and forgot who was it that he was. So here, this was another test that was given to them. Another test is a test for justice and wisdom. And we know that God rewards each person according to their works. In Jeremiah 17.10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So this test is a measure of who we are. Will we continue to follow him? Will we obey his commandments? Do we desire to be holy like he is holy? How is it that we orient our life to achieve this? So then we can ask is, in what ways does God test us? How is it that God tests? What is the content of this test that the Lord is giving us in order for us to be tested? The first is he, commands, he, he tests us by command. He gives a command. This is the first kind of test. He gives a command. And he says, are you going to follow this command or not? And this is the test. An example of this is, is Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. God placed a very clear command. He placed a very clear reality. And he gave us the option to choose. Will we follow this? Will we obey God in this? Or will we not obey him? Will we do according to our own desire? Or will we do according to the desire of God? This is the first test that the Lord gave. From the very beginning, he gave a command and he placed it in front of us and he says, you choose. And he said, he told us what the consequence of disobedience was from the very beginning. You know, for Adam and Eve to say that they did not know what would happen to them after they disobeyed God, um, it's, God said very clearly that you will surely die, right? You will surely die. There will be death upon you because of the disobedience that came. So this is a test. Is God truly going to follow through with what he said? Is who, who is he? What is his character? Is he going to be um, faithful to his own command? And indeed, of course, we know that the Lord was. So this was a test, testing with a command. Another way that God tests us is through our neighbors, through the people who are around us. Um, God commanded the Israelites to go and to kill all of the neighbors of, of, of Israel, okay? Like he told them, enter into the promised land, kill all of the pagan nations that are around you. Why? Because they are sinful and they will lead you to sin if you intermingle with them. They will be a constant source of temptation for you. And so initially when the people entered into the promised land, they were following what the Lord said and they began to eliminate all of the people that were there that were going to be a source of temptation and destruction for them. But at some point when they became strong and the people began to fear them, they thought to themselves, you know, we don't have to kill the people anymore. Instead, we will bring them into servitude. They will be our servants and we will benefit from them. Why is it that we should destroy them? Of course, this was not what God commanded, but because they began to feel strong in themselves, this is what they choose, chose to do. And it was before this reason that those nations who lived around them remained and they became a source of temptation and sin that ultimately led to the demise of, of the nation, that ultimately led to the exile and the destruction of the people. And the Lord himself rebuked them. 
He said, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that though through them I may test Israel whether they will keep the ways of the Lord, um, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord. So now that these nations are there, they will be a constant test. You will always be tempted by them, and you have to choose, uh, is, this what you are, is this how you want to live? Do you want to live according to the commands of God or according to the command of God? Uh, according to the way that these other people live. Another example is the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was this poor beggar who was always um, uh, living and begging around this rich man. And it was, a ri it was a test for the rich man. Is the rich man going to see this man Lazarus and have pity on him and give of his own things or not? The Lord gives us many opportunities to serve one another. There are people in our life all the time that are, that are, that are tests for us of how we will treat them. Do we forgive the person who offended us? Do we give to the person who is needy? Do, do, we, do, we, do we serve people according to the way that God asks us to serve? We are all tests for one another in the way that we speak to one another, in the kindness that we show or do not show to one another. And so we are constantly living in this test of fellowship the, of with other people. How is it that we treat other people? This is a test that the Lord gives us. Another way that the Lord tests us is with honor. In 1 Samuel 9.22, it says, Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. When Saul became the king of Israel, he was given much honor. He was promoted. He became the first king of Israel. And at the beginning, Saul was obedient to God, but very quickly, he began to go astray. He began to do things his own way. He began to be disobedient. And, and sadly, this is often the result of receiving honor and receiving praise, is that we begin to feel that this honor and praise is, is our own, and we begin to believe this. You know, whenever we receive honor, what is it that really we should do? Usually, the people that give us honor don't really know us. They see some external action or some external word that we have done, and they conclude based on this external action that we are holy people, we are righteous people, we are hardworking people, we are talented people, we have something good, some good characteristics in us. But for a moment, imagine that if somebody truly knew all of our thoughts, all of our secret actions, all of the things that nobody knows or maybe only our father of confession knows, what would they say of us? Well, would, they, would they continue to praise us? Would they continue to give us honor knowing everything about us? This is something for us to, to meditate and think on. We are tested with the honor that we receive. Are we going to buy into it? Are we going to really believe that this is who I am and forget that I am a sinner? Forget that I, all of the, the sins and the, 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 the wrong things that I do, all the times that I break the commandment of God, am I going to forget all of this and cling to the honor that I receive? This is again a test, a way that the Lord tests us. We are not what we appear to be. Only the Lord knows and only the Lord can judge the heart. And this is why we turn to him and ask for his mercy and ask for his forgiveness because we are continually sinning every day against him. But at the same time, we believe that God is merciful and he accepts our repentance and he allows us to enter into his kingdom, not because we are righteous, but because he is righteous and because he is merciful. So whenever we receive honor, we should deflect this honor 
you know, and say, like, I do not deserve any honor. I do not deserve any good thing that people think of me or people, you know, consider about me because I am a sinful person. And if you truly knew all of my thoughts and all of my sins, then you would realize this yourself. How many people would even want to associate with us if they really and truly knew all the thoughts in our mind and all the things that we do? Maybe not, not anyone. So, so it is because of God's mercy that he covers our sin. It's because of his mercy that he allows us to, um, you know, opportunity time and time to repent without being exposed. So this is a test. How is it that people see us? We should not listen to the compliments and to the honor of people and be deceived and buy into it. No, actually, this is the grace of God working in us that people would see us in a good way and a test that comes from God. The final point I want to make and the final way that God tests us is he tests us with fire, with difficult trials, with some problem, with some difficult thing that we have to endure. In 1 Corinthians 3.13, it says, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. How is it again? Our, is, is, our, is, our, is our works revealed to God? It is revealed by fire, meaning that we will go through some test. How is it that we know ourselves? How is it that we are seen for what we are? An example of this is Lot and his family. The Lot and his family were living in the city of Sodom. The Lord said that he was going to send down fire from heaven to destroy the city and that they should flee. And as they were fleeing, the Lord said, do not look back at the city that is being destroyed. And Lot's wife, because she was so attached to the life that she had, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And so it revealed something, this fire, this trial revealed something that maybe she had an unhealthy attachment. When the rich young ruler went and spoke with the Lord and said, um, what is it that I should do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord told him, go sell all that you have. And the man was unable to do so. Again, it revealed something about him. It revealed that, again, he was attached to his wealth. So maybe we have attachments. And maybe the Lord brings trials into our life and difficult circumstances. Again, this is a test. How is it that we will endure that when this fire comes, what will it, what will it, what will it reveal? And so of all these reasons that we've spoken about today, we can think of why is it that God tests us? Why is it that God allows painful experiences in our life? Is it because God is negligent? Is it because he has abandoned? Is it because he doesn't care? Is it because he is unable to help or there is no solution? No, actually we see it very clearly. The same God who was able to feed these 5,000 people and more, he is able to feed us. He's able to give to us. But maybe he's asking initially, before he comes with a solution, he says, you give them something to eat. I want to see your reaction. I want to see your response. I want to see whether you are going to respond in faith or not. I want you to know yourselves. I want you to benefit from this trial that you are facing before I come in and immediately fix everything. So it is not that the Lord cannot change and it is not that the Lord cannot heal or restore or correct or solve any problem. But while we are in this phase of suffering because of some trial that we experience, let's try to look to God and see what is it, Lord, you want me to learn from this? Why are you allowing this for some benefit for me? Instead of seeing it as a disaster, instead of seeing it as something that is against us, 
We see it as something that is for us, something that God is using to heal us, something that God wants to lift us, something that he God wants to use for us to understand and to know ourselves and to benefit from. And this is truly the God that we worship. He, 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 he doesn't want us to experience pain, but at the same time, the pain that is eternal is far worse than the pain that is here in this life. And God wants to present us to himself in the best possible way, that when we stand before him, at the second coming or we stand before him in judgment that the Lord will say to us well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord because we have been purified because we have been cleansed because we have been healed because God has has, has revealed to us ourselves and who we are and we draw closer and closer to him in our life so that may God always fill us with his joy fill us with his presence and help us to realize in the midst of difficult trials that God is present and he is testing us and he is waiting for us to learn the lesson he wants us to learn. And glory be to God forever. Amen.